You found the only podcast that went to that beach that makes you old, and boy, did it put a wrinkle into our vacation plans. Yeah, I'm going to have to workshop that one. Sorry about that. Hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph take a good long look in the mirror and whisper to themselves about feeling your age, how old is too old, matters of perspective, gender and age, limiting beliefs, not giving a crap, updating corporate hiring practices, and the benefits of great oral hygiene. Don't forget to rate our show and give us a follow, a like, or a subscribe. We love what we do and want to inspire more people to ask more questions and have more interesting conversations. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your host, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or any serious ongoing situations, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. Yeah, so as I was saying, I got all of my medical crap done today. I went to the dentist for the first time. Turns out in three years. I haven't been to the dentist in three years. You can say. You Me can neither. <laughs> I'm like motioning to Ralph that I have not been in three years and I feel very share. guilty. About it, it happens. Like I got, well, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't have um, insurance for a long time because started my own business a couple of years ago and I did not, I just didn't have, you know, the, the funds to take care of my, my chompers. So first time in three years, I went back, got all my x-rays, cleaning everything, not a single problem. You must be a good brusher. I, I start cause I was not before I was like trash mouth when I was, <laughs> because I just didn't, I was like everybody like, Oh, it's, it's fine. fine. I'll just go to bed without, bra- it's fine. I'll just do it in the morning. And, and I had so many cavities growing up and eventually, and then the pandemic hit and I was like, you know what? I don't want to have something happen where I can't go to the dentist because we're all in quarantine. And then my, like, I, my, my life is over because it's so painful. So I decided I'm going to be all about my hygiene and brush and floss and mouthwash and everything. No problem. They were impressed. My gums Perfect. <laughs> you took up toothbrushing in the pandemic as a hobby. I did. And let me tell you, it paid off. It was great. Um, and also, <laughs> funny funny story, uh, I, it turns out I have very low-hanging sinuses. That's something I've never heard come out of anyone's mouth yeah, before. Yeah, right? Okay, Welcome. information. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, it, I, my, my top... No, my bottom sinuses right above my teeth are very low to the point where they're like, they're all having a party together wow. up there. So there's not really a lot of space between my lower sinuses and my teeth, my upper teeth. <clears throat> and they called it out in the, in the office. They were like, both of them. The hygienist was the first one. She took the, the, the x-rays and she was like, do you have a lot of sinus problems? And I was like, I used to, but I don't anymore because I stopped eating gluten and I take care. And she's like, oh, yeah, because your sinuses hang really low. They're like right over your teeth. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and then the dentist said the same thing. She came in. She looked at the x-ray. She's like, 
wow, your sinuses are really low. I was like, it's one of my best features. Yes. <laughs> it's like eyes, legs, uh, sinuses, low sinuses. <laughs> but I used to have so many problems. And that's the other reason I took care of my teeth because if I get anything wrong with my teeth, it's right into my oh, sinuses. God. Double whammy. Right. So I was like, I don't want to deal with any of this bull pucky during quarantine. So that's another reason why I kept everything clean because if I let it go, it would not just be my teeth. It would be my sinuses and then it would be my whole head. And then I would want to jump off my roof because yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you really picked up your <clears throat> self care in the pandemic. I did. I, and I, the other thing is not to, not to go off on a tangent, but your mouth really is like a gateway for everything into your body. So the, the better your oral hygiene is, the better your health is because it's like connected to your sinuses and like your stomach and your, your, uh, circulatory system. It's like, just take care of your teeth and you'll feel so much better about everything. Really? Well, I'm glad that you're all up to speed and you have a clean bill of health today. Yes. Thank you (laughs) very much. I'm sorry your sinuses are not... Yes. I'm not recovering, apparently. I thought I was. In the past two days, I've not been feeling great again. So I probably need another visit to the old doctors. The old... Probably an antibiotic is is needed. I'm I'm worried that we're running out of antibiotics because everybody's... Like, everything is... Has been used so much now that... It's like we're on Z-Packs now. We're at I the end of the alphabet. Antibi- I didn't want to do an antibiotic, but at this point it's been, what, three, four weeks I've been talking on yeah, this? Yeah, eventually thing? you right. have to be like, oh, come all on, right. Already. Okay. Thank oh. you for coming. It's time to go. <laughs> You've been here long enough. It's like uh, uh, fi- um, fish and guests start to smell after three days. <laughs> <clears throat> So I'm sure you're all very enthralled by all of our medical problems (laughs) slash medical upkeep over here. But in case you were wondering how we're doing health-wise, you have gotten a little snippet. Thank you for tuning into Healthline. (laughs) We'll be right back after this. Um, uh, The other, why we're talking about all this is it leads into how we're feeling this week. And when you don't take care of yourself, you cannot, do not feel your best. No. And can feel older than you are, right? Yes. At Dr. Evil Pinky. Yes. And that's the question of this week, of this episode, is about how old we feel and how old is too old. And I bring this up because um, it's a question I posed uh, this Monday when I did my, I do little like motivation Monday videos on Mondays, little like minute long things. And it was a question that I tackled there and I got a good response. And a lot of people were, were sharing their stories about, uh, it never being too old. They're never being too late or, you know, there is no such thing as too old. And I thought it would be a fun question to kind of pose here with you. How old is too old to do anything? Too old to me just sounds like, what is that? I mean, too old to who? I mean, to a 15-year-old, we're ancient. To a 55-year-old, we're young. So it's like too old, you know, I think, I try to stay away from it, you know? I really do, because I feel like... Stay away from what? Stay away from limiting myself based on how old I am, from what I want to do or what I think I can do. I mean, I'm, I don't run as fast 
as I did when I was 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain things that are just biologically happening that we can't control. Um, but I think, at least me, I, I try to just... I don't. I try not to limit myself based on how old I am and how I live my life. Yeah, when you said fifteen-year-olds think twenty-year-olds or thirty-year-olds are ancient, I remember when I was a kindergartner or like a first grader. I thought the eighth graders in my school were like mountains. <laughs> I thought they were so gigantic, and then now, and I look at an eighth grader and I'm like, jeez, I could step it's on all you. Re- it's all. Re- I think that's. One point to the question, it's all relative. It is all relative. So relative. What's a what's the usual point of view about old, young, like age age wise? I think it depends on how old the person is it's subjective. Like I just said a few minutes ago. Right. You know, somebody who's super young is going to think fifteen year old is gonna think a forty year old or whatever, 30, whatever, 40 year olds old or 45 year olds. Also, though, how you care for yourself, I guess, how you present yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you kind of live. Some people are, may um, present as older based on the way that they live their lives, which might be more reflective of somebody who's limited. Also, your health has a lot to do with it. Because mm-hmm. somebody that has really poor health, might be really limited with mobility, might be limited in other ways which won't allow them to do as many things as they could when they were younger, which could make them feel older or potentially look older depending on what's going on with them medically. Right. So it's like a nature versus nurture. A little bit of like, sometimes it's genetics. Yes. But more often than not, and again, this is just in my experience, living my life, my point of view, my, the, my friends, you know, family, more often than not, I think I've seen it's more like nurture. It's more how we were raised, you know, the, the, the framework that we grew up in, you know, where we went to school, where we live, all that stuff, I think has, has a, has a bearing on what we think we can do, too. Yeah, and I think also, I don't know if I'm going the right direction or if I'm veering off that, here nope. or getting off at an exit that we're not Veer aware. off wherever you want. But I think that, I still think as far as how somebody presents or how someone's aging, let's say that, like wrinkles or all that physical stuff that happens to you when you get older, I personally believe is a lot of genetics yeah uh because i happen to have really good genetics and i've always <laughs> looked younger than i i am mm-hmm. and i my parents also look look good and i think we, we've just been lucky i've just been lucky in my family that a lot of that has been genetic yeah i mean eventually it'll start to go south real, real fast <laughs> Fall probably off a cliff. but you know i i kind of that old saying that people have it's corny but Age is but a number. It's only how you feel. And mm-hmm. I think I kind of buy into that a little bit. I think it's just, you know, if you start, like I said, limiting yourself or saying, I can't do that. I'm too old. No, you're not. Like, I'm always correcting one of my tennis partners. He's always, like, calling himself old. I'm like, you're not old. You mm-hmm. keep talking like that. I'm like, you're really not that old. You're not too old to do that. Or, you know, and mm-hmm. it's so the way we talk to ourselves about it and the way we, um, I think, kind of approach life. Yeah plays a little bit of a part 
I, since we're kind of, it seems like we're talking about the physical aspects of age. Um, I, <laughs> I want to share, and I think a lot of people do this too, but I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Anytime I watch a TV show or watch a movie or something, I always go to IMDb and look up who was in it just so I can find out more about them. And anytime I run across an actor, specifically an actor, um, who is around my age <clears throat> or my age specifically, I'm always like, they're my age. <gasps> I thought they were like 10 years older than me or like I thought they were 10 years younger than me. So it's like, I don't, and I don't take it as a, a ding on myself. I don't internalize it. I'm like, Oh, I got to work out more or like do get plastic surgery or something. I just use it as like, Oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like a, like an interesting gauge of where I'm at on the spectrum. And more often than not, I'm like, all right, I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I think I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I think I'm hanging in there. Uh, so, yeah, f- physically, um, I just, I wish, and this is the other thing, I wish we lived in a world that was more forgiving of age. Yes. Because uh, I, I find a lot of times, you know, youth is wasted on the young. And I, I, I never really understood that saying until I hit my 40s. And I, now I'm like, I get it. I'm more, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I'm more happy with myself and my life and my circle and I've all that, all that good stuff. And I'm like, I wish I knew now. I wish I knew then what I know now about life and myself and just let it all go. Like it's uh, a lot of the stuff I worried about when I was 20. I'm like, if I could go back in time, I would just slap myself really hard in the back of the head and like, just relax. And, and, and then I see, um, I see the double standard. I know I'm, I know I'm going off on a bunch of different tangents, but bear with me. And I see the double standard between going back to actors and actresses of how, after a certain age, actresses are like, they're done. Like once you hit 40, you're like, bye. You know, they, they put you in a boat. And let's push <laughs> right, you right. Uh, um, uh, Amy Schumer had a really great sketch about that uh, a few years ago about, and I can't say the word because we're a clean podcast, but uh, your last blankable day as a, as a female actor. And she had this great sketch. It was her and Tina Fey. And I think Julie Louis-Dreyfus was there. Like it was so wonderful about, they had this party for like somebody just turned 40 and it was like, Hey, you're not effable anymore. Congratulations. And I thought it was, it was hilarious, but also it was funny because it was true. Like, geez, you know, we, so physically, I think there's, there's a difference socioeconomically, of course, but also gender wise, what's more forgivable in terms of getting older. I know I've, I've spoken a lot. It's sorry. Your turn. No, it, it's okay. <laughs> I, 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 I did, I did lose, I had a thought and then it, it went sorry. away. It's I not was... because you were talking. Okay. I just, I, I got excited about the Amy Schumer skit <laughs> and then I got sidetracked, but yeah, it's, it's different socioeconomic, um, the way in, in different cultures, the way mm-hmm. aging is viewed, um, as well as with gender, I think a hundred percent, like there's, it's so much more forgiving. We're back in Hollywood for just another second in, in that world though, for men, it, it's like, they get rugged. Yes. Or I, I, I've caught myself saying this, which is probably not nice. Of like, wow, so and so has gotten better looking as they've gotten older. It's always a man, it's right? Never a woman, right? 
So um, there definitely is some differences and double standards and things of that nature that I think play into some of this as well. Absolutely. I, and I, you know, it's so weird how men can, as they get older, they get more rugged and more like rough around the edges and people are like, Oh, he's so handsome. You never hear that about women. Like, Oh, she's so handsome now. Look at her. She's so rugged. She got old. Like I, I wish we lived in a, in a society where, you were able to grow old naturally and it, it just be okay. Like, Hey, you're, you're in your sixties. It's okay to look like you're in your sixties, you know, it for everybody, but especially for women, like it's all, it's such BS. Like, please let people just age normally, you know? And I, I, I want, and I say this to myself because before I used to be that person that was like, Ooh, she got some work done. He got some work done. Ooh, look, she got pulled, you know, and it's so, it's, first of all, it's none of my effing business what people do with their body, first of all. But second of all, it's a shame that we live in a, in a society where there is pressure to have that done because you have to live up to some weird image of youth and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that, well, I also think in a, a piece of it is, your life, your lifestyle, meaning mm-hmm. I think that sometimes people might feel older as they watch their children grow and move out of the house and then possibly, you know, when they become a grandparent. And if somebody didn't have children, they may not experience the same ages the same way. Not necessarily good, bad, or otherwise, but I, I'm, I'm actually sort of talking about myself a little bit here. Hey, you're talking about me too. I, I, yes. I'm, I'm not married. I do not have children. Mm-hmm. And I look at some of my peers that have families and kids growing up and the way they talk about themselves or view themselves age-wise, it feels really different than the way I view myself. That's really interesting because I think now we're moving away from the physical aspect of aging <clears throat> into the the more psychological aspect of it, which is, I think, more interesting to me and our listeners. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to assume, but um, yeah, that's really interesting. I never thought about that before. Of how we mark the passage of time is different depending on the life we've lived. If we have kids, we mark time differently because it's like. Oh, it's it's Bobby's fifth birthday this year, you know. Whereas me, I'm like, I had nice teeth this year, you know. So it's like, <laughs> right. it's it's different. That's interesting, and and also, I sometimes think that oh God, I don't have any kids yet, and I'm 45, and then I say yet, like, do is it too late? Do I want them? Do you know? Is it possible? And then I think, and then I think, well, there's people in their like sixties having kids or like adopting or something. But then I'm usually like, they're they're usually super rich, and it's like, eh, it's time I should have a kid. You know, eh, do I have money? Great, let me. You know, so again, it goes back to that kind of where you are culturally, societally, also has a has a hand in in that kind of clicking the passage of time too. I think what that made me think of also is with women, with having children. Mm-hmm. So that clock that ticks starts to really tick it up in the 30s, right? 
And then it becomes, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know if I want to have children, but I'm getting too old. Or, oh my gosh, I want to have children, but I want to do it with a partner and I haven't found one. Or, um, am I too old at 43 to have a child? And should, you know, all that for women in particular, Mm -hmm. I think men too, but women it's probably, I I don't know if I hope. I, th- I don't I think it's different for women uh, yeah and then it's like a lot of women will get to an age most women if they don't have children or if they're thinking about having another one like well, I'm just too old to have one now mm-hmm. and I guess I'm sharing a lot about me today <clears throat> I am almost 48 years old I do not have children and I still don't say mm-hmm. I'm never going to have them now I am never going to birth a child I don't think mm-hmm. But I still consider the fact that in my 50s, I may uh, foster or adopt some older children. And that's still on, the, on, the, on my, you know, my radar. Like, I haven't written that off. And I feel, I feel good about that because I feel like it takes the pressure off. And it just says, when and if I'm ready, mm-hmm. I'm really never going to be too old for that, especially since I plan to move through the uh, child welfare system welfare system, which I, I know does not typically discriminate for age. It kind of took a lot of the pressures off that I had earlier in my life. And I just thought, I'm not sure, not today, but there's still options for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, oh, that's, and that's nice. 100% true. I, I always thought I would have had children, and it didn't work out that way. And I'm totally comfortable now not at this moment having them, but I don't close the door on it at all. I think it's still a definite possibility for me when and if I'm in that space to do it. Oh, I love Aww, that. Ralph Thank you for sharing Ralph that. I love that. I love that. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing sure. that. Sure. I. <laughs> it's not a secret. <laughs> the other thing, well, not anymore. Uh-oh. The other thing I think of, because this is, you know, this is broadcast all over and. Tens of people listen to this podcast. I'm totally comfortable with anyone knowing that. Small groups of people listen to this podcast. Um, I I often think, oh, maybe we can, maybe Dan and I can adopt a kid. Or maybe we can, you know. And then I think, then I picture CPS coming to our house. Our house, if you don't, if you haven't been to our house, uh, which is probably 99% of you, uh, if you haven't been to our house, it's just stairs. It's all stairs. It is a lot of stairs. It's a it's lot very of stairs. Awesome. It's a, it's a beautiful home, but it's just all, it's a, it's a Philly house. It's a, it's a row house. So it's just literally stairs. We live on stairs. So I'm, I just picture the CPS person coming over and being like, no, you can't. <laughs> You can't have a toddler in this house. You could. You just probably would have to have the set, the safety measures. Sure, I put up put up the the little fences. You have to have those little gates. I I want the little gates for myself because I when we first moved into that house, it's all again. If you've been over to my house, which is like not ninety nine percent of you, um, it's all one like beautiful wooden stairs, but not a lot of traction on the stairs. So when we first moved in. I would fall down our steps. It's like a running joke with our friends because every every time I tried to go down our steps, I would just fall down the whole flight of steps because it was so sick. Now I'm alarmed because I <laughs> fall down steps in general and I haven't fallen down your... I'm knocking on the table now. It's, I haven't fallen down yours, but I now I'm going to be very cautious. I think what happened was the people who flipped the house and sold it, like made the steps look nice and put maybe put a little bit of wax on them and it's finally worn off because it's fine now or I just got used to the steps but either way I used to fall down the steps a lot and I'm not embarrassed to to say that um 
So that's why I think like, oh God, we can't have a toddler here because they're just going to bounce all over the place and bounce down the steps. You needed those little sticky things on your socks like they do for little kids. Well, I don't wear shoes. I grew up on a farm. I don't wear shoes. And I found out I slipped down the steps more if I just wore socks. So I just stopped wearing well, right. shoes and right, socks. Right, right, so bare feet, great. <laughs> and Dan wears his shoes all the time. So he, you know, I, I'm barefoot guy and he's not. So I was the one who was always falling down the steps because he had the traction. I'm glad you're safe today. I am very safe today. I may fall down during this, the last half of this podcast. (laughs) I don't know. No Uh, stairs in here. Fingers crossed. Um, Back to aging. Uh, I totally forget where we were, but that's okay. Um, One thing I do want to cover about aging, and it's, it's the thing that got a lot of traction for me on social media this week was the how old is too old question in terms of what can I accomplish, you know, depending on how old I am, what, what, what doors have closed for me as I age? I think for me, it's wearing a belly shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Serious though. You know how they're in right now. And I was like, I might be able to pull that off, <laughs> but I feel I have aged out of that bracket and I'm okay with it. I, I am one of the people that feel like <laughs> you never age out of belly shirts. <laughs> so if you want to wear a belly shirt or a half shirt or whatever, is there a difference between belly shirt and half shirt or is it the same thing? I feel it's pretty much a couple word, couple terms for the same, same idea. Thing. Now, are we up here by the chest cut off? Are we mid... Uh, stomach oh. cut off. Are we just above the pant line with a little? Well, bit that's of... not a belly shirt. No, that's that's just an ill-fitting. That's a, just an ill-fitting t-shirt <laughs> at that point. I think. Uh, I think it needs to either end at the bottom of your rib cage. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's it. Because if you have breasts, I don't. I don't. I have a nice like. <laughs> I have a nice Everyone, A cup. Everyone, Ralph does not have breasts. I have, I think I have Thanks a nice A cup, maybe. If you all could see Ralph Little. right now. Oh my, God. Uh, I, my, my boobies fit in a champagne glass, so that's the perfect breast, okay? There's a little room left over. Um, I think if you're, I think if, I don't, I don't know how far to go. This is a clean podcast. <laughs> I really wish people I could think see if you could right see right the, I, If you can see the bottom of your breasts on your shirt, I think that's a little too much. That, then it's a booby shirt. That's a booby shirt. A, right. So yeah, it should end. I think it's good, classy half shirt should end at the bottom of your rib cage. I don't know. Please write us at hey, let me ask you something at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about half shirts and where they should end on the body. I think we'll that that'll clear that up. Um, but let's talk about in terms of of opportunities as we age. We've covered the physical aging and the psychological. I, I, I'm, I'm curious about the opportunities aging because this comes up like sometimes when I do presentations for, for career groups, the question of ageism comes up in terms of like, I, you know, a lot of doors are closed to me because I am an older person looking for work and that's not what companies are looking for. So I'm curious your thoughts about, you know, the the lack of opportunities as we age for career or you know education any of that kind of stuff 
I mean, I think education is always available to whoever, right? You can go get a degree if you're 75 or 80 and you've seen these people and they get to go on the news because they're adorable and they they, mm-hmm. have, they achieve their dream, which is great. In half shirts. But In half shirts. Well, usually not. But um, <laughs> I think that when it comes to career, it has a lot to do with what type of career you're in, A. And not a lot, but that, that's got to be a factor, mm. right? Sure. You know, if you're... 65, you might not fare well waitressing in a club. Oh, yeah. Bottle service. Just might be, I don't know where, where this example came from, but you might not be able, depending on your your uh, health, <laughs> I would, you may not, I don't even know where I'm going. I would love to go to a club <laughs> and have a 65-year-old grandfather like be my bottle service guy. <laughs> but, what do you want? But huh? I guess what it touches on is your, your physical ability to be able to do the job requirements. Based sure. on your age too. Right. I know we're back to physical for a minute, but just, but I think as far as career, I think it's, I mean, don't you think some of it has to do with what, what you've been doing thus far? I think if you try to break into a new career as an, a person, let's say 50 or over, that might be very, very tough if you are competing with younger people and the industry is extremely important as well when we're talking when I'm when I bring this up if you're in like um something around uh marketing or social media or anything of that nature I would assume that a lot of companies are looking for younger minds and younger people Mm -hmm. um but I think if you have been have a strong uh career path and you were to look to advance with a new company or to make a switch into a very similar career path, you may still have doors open to you. Like, I don't know how to, to put it, but there's people that are old. When I say older, let's just say 50 or older. Just, I'll just say that for argument's sake. Okay. That have extremely prestigious careers and backgrounds and are highly respected. Those individuals, to me, are not people that are going to have a hard time continuing to progress and move to another company. Right. Kind of touches back on the way you grew up, what was off, you know, your education, what opportunities were provided to you versus somebody that's over 50 that maybe didn't have all those opportunities and is now looking for a new job. Right. And I think that... There, I, to me, there's an elephant in the room that I think needs to be addressed in terms of you know, ageism, sexism, racism, and hiring practices, you know, for any kind of organization, large or small. Um, and it's, it's just a sad fact that as you get older, yes, a lot of, a lot of opportunities will evaporate for you at, at different organizations because they're looking for a certain type of person, which is usually younger. And, you know, my, my train of thought on that or my philosophy about that is they, they don't, they look for younger people because they're easier to train and mold and like follow their kind of ethos or vision for the company. And as you get older, I think it's harder to control you because you've been around the block, you know, you know, what's up, you can see through a lot of the BS that happens so yes, it may be sometimes that you command a, a, a larger price tag because you are older and have more experience, but I think more often it's you just, you're less malleable 
and you know you you're you 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 can see through what's happening um also i you know it's a lot of this comes from the the organization side in terms of changing their hiring practices and and seeing people seeing older workers as the resource that they are they they have more knowledge they've been around the block and it may not be specifically the knowledge that this particular um, position is looking for, but people who have been working for a while and have a longer work history uh, have other, are, are resources in other ways. You know, it's not just about the hard skills of the job. It's the soft skills of communication and empathy and, you know, working together as a team and, you know, leadership and all that kind of stuff. That stuff's harder to teach <laughs> and harder to harder to get a grasp on. So, you know, hiring older people to fill those positions is great because they have all that knowledge that they can impart on the, you know, on the younger people in their team. Yeah, this whole conversation is making me think of a friend of mine that when I met her, I believe she was 75, and she had gotten hired for a part-time position at the hospital I worked at. Mm -hmm. And I saw the way that some people would treat her, because, yes, she was a little bit slower, and she wasn't as good quick with the technology and things like that. And I, But I saw the way she would get treated by certain individuals, and I, it was blatant ageism. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, because she was a friend. She was a dear friend of mine. And... There was something so invaluable about that relationship to me because of what you're speaking to also. Mm -hmm. So personal relationships as well. Everyone, go out and get yourself some a friend that's so much older. It's it's just such a special relationship where she just had so much knowledge and, and, and we would be driving and she'd give me a history of the city that I couldn't get on a big bus tour of like what used to be there and how she, what she used to do there as a child growing up. And just her life experience. And so I think, so you just made me think of her when you were talking about that. But I remember when she left that position, she really wanted to be working. She was, she was very spry, very social. She, she was more social than I was. And, you know, she just hit wall upon wall upon wall. And, and I, my guess is a lot of it is because she was so much older. Yeah. Uh it's it's sad that more more emphasis and more um, weight is put on the young being young youth you know the you know if you're if you're anywhere from like 12 to 21 right now congratulations you won the lottery like you're 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 in the driver's seat and that and that's a shame because the way our I think I, I may be overstepping. Any anthropologists out there, please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think the way we evolved as humans is we were storytellers. We pass on information to each other through the stories we tell. And the older the, you get, the more stories you have and the more knowledge and the more valuable you are as a mm -hmm. resource. And, you know, sitting around a fire and ha listening to grandpa tell you stories was like, a good thing because now you had that information that you didn't have before because somebody lived it and they can pass it on to you. And now, you know, hi, everybody's hiring young and, 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 and 
it's a shame because you're you're kind of closing out all these people that have so much knowledge and information not just again not just about the hard skills but about the soft skills about how to just live your effing life you know and like build a team and be a leader you know you can't get that from somebody who's 21 great anybody who's listening to this who's 21 great congratulations you're 21 but you just don't have that life knowledge that somebody who's 51 or 61 or 71 has and i enjoy talking to people who are older because they have really fun stories. Like people have lived lives and I love listening to their stories because it's so much fun and they paint such a great picture. It's like you're there. And I, I really love that because I get to experience somebody else's life for, for a hot second. And that's cool. I know. And I think when you're really young, you think when older people are talking like, oh God, there they go with the story and, right. and like not listening. And I think that's one of the benefits of getting older is... Not a, not seeing it that way. I'm talking people that are even 30 years older than me. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it the same way I would have 20 years ago. I look at that, like you're saying, as valuable, as interesting, as storytellers with such a wealth. And if you really listen, so many of the themes are exactly the same. There's so many more relatable pieces to someone much older than you's experiences and stories that I think sometimes, when, at least I, I'm speaking for myself, but I have to believe this is other people too, that when we're younger, we dismiss or discount. We, we don't really, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They're so mm-hmm. old. And it's like, I really wish I had listened more when I was young because they kind of really know what they're talking about. They might not know how to navigate Instagram or Snapchat like you do, but they know all of this stuff. And if you really listen, this is what I learned from my friend that I was just talking about. There's so many things that are so relatable and that they could help you with that are relevant to your life today, Mm -hmm. people that are older than you. A lot of people who are older today grew up in the 60s and 70s, and they kept, I'm sure they got some stories. That was the party, right. (laughs) That That was was the the party. party, That's for 20 years of party right there. Uh, so, so what would you tell somebody, um, a generic client, nameless, faceless, genderless, cause I want to take any kind of specifics out of it, but what would you tell a client who thought, you know, oh, I'm too old to do anything. Uh, you know, everything's kind of over. I don't have any more opportunities. What would you, what would you, what would be your first gut instinct? I have to assess them for depression, I think. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's okay. You're the you're the clinician here. You're that's what you got to do. No, I think I would I would would you know I, my first probably direction would be what does that mean? Too old? Why why are you too old? Trying to get to un- why they've put this obstacle, I guess, for lack of a bar- like in place for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is it their confidence has broken down now because they've reached a certain age? Is it um, fear? Well, mm-hmm. that could be a lack of confidence slash fear of navigating X, Y, or Z at their age. Is it judgment and perception of other people that's keep, that makes them make these statements or think these things about them and keep them stuck? Mm-hmm. Or is it, is it what they really, how they really see themselves and are they comfortable with that? Because I feel like somebody that's going to keep themselves... In a, let's just, I'm just making this up as a hypothetical, in a, sure. in a situation or position that they're unhappy in, and that's their go-to reason why, you know, as a therapist, I just need to, unco- I need to dig in deeper on that one. Mm-hmm. Like, that, there's just more to that 
to me. Yeah, no, but those are great questions. I mean, that's what that's where I would go, because um, it just sort of sums it up if you say I'm too old and puts a period at the end, and I would just be the back where I always am, which is, well, why? Yeah. Why? Again, if your physical health prevents you from doing X thing, then I get it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... I think those are limitations oftentimes that we put on ourselves or we allow other people to put them on us. Amen. I think that was finally. Take me to church. Take us all to church. Finally, I felt a strong statement and point that that I made I felt the spirit move through me. (laughs) Uh, I I would ask them how comfortable they were sitting in that statement. I'm too old. I like that. Because I love challenging people. I, I, I love working more from a feeling kind of physical space. And I think putting it in terms of like a metaphor or painting a picture, making it relatable to your body, I think gets people thinking differently about it. So for me, I would say, you know, how comfortable are you sitting in that? Like if, if that was a chair, if I'm too old was a chair, is it a comfortable chair? And I'm, I guarantee nine times out of 10, they'd be like, no, I hate it. All right. Well then why are you sitting in it? Exactly. Well, I don't know. Okay. Who told you you had Who to? T- exactly. Yes. Who Cause that's you? the other piece is that, like I said, other people, either what you think other people would think of you or are other people telling you that? family or significant other or whomever mm-hmm. and you've bought you've bought into that like those are questions to ask because I think it's just um it's like when people say to me I'm just lazy so I don't do x y or z and never first of all lazy I always have to inquire further on that but, oh yeah 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 but it's like when you come out with these blanket explanations that are very simplistic and then you have a period at the end I'm often very curious about that and this sounds like one of those that's yeah. probably got so many layers underneath it and then I just want to dig on in there with you it's the easy way out yeah mm-hmm. oh I'm too old can't do it mm-hmm. how easy is that great you don't have to make any tough decisions or like my big thing is stepping out of your comfort zone I want I want everybody to have the biggest playground possible that they can run and explore and have a good time and when they run up against the, the barrier or like the fence around the playground, it's hard to say, I'm going to take a step outside because when you do, your playground automatically expands. And that's, that's scary for people because like you said, a lot of times their friends, their family, their significant other, other is saying, oh, you're too old. Yes, I agree with you. Just because... Uh, it's like I, I like you when you're when you're here with the rest of us. You know? Oh, don't strike out on your own. There's there's uh, uh, what is it? What is it? Um, misery loves company, kind of thing. That totally strikes a chord for me because I feel that way sometimes because mm-hmm. I can go do whatever I want every weekend, any night really. I don't have any responsibility. I can stay up till two o'clock in the morning. I can be out till two o'clock in the morning. Rebel of the therapist world. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, not saying I, I do I'm normally never up that late, but I can. I can go out two nights in a row. I can sleep in. I can do all these things. Mm-hmm. And people that have family cannot. Mm-hmm. They, have more, they have more responsibilities, more people to take care of, and probably more things to do, to be quite honest. And so I've often felt that way too I try to just steer hang on to what I'm doing and what I can do but I often feel not often but I sometimes feel like a uh, 
out of out of uh, out of it. What's the word? Like like an outsider. Sometimes even within my own peer group, depending on who I'm spending time with. Like if I'm in a group of a bunch of wives and people that have been and, and mothers and father. I often feel might feel a little bit like a fish out of water because mm-hmm. my lifestyle is so different from theirs. But I, I try to have a check-in with myself and just be like, well, this is there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing and there's definitely nothing wrong with what they're doing. It's just different. I, which brings me to tool number one, which people could take away from this podcast, is build a circle of support. I know I've said that before, and I will say it. It, it will be engraved on my tombstone uh, or my mausoleum door. I want to be buried in a mausoleum. I think that's oh, more, yeah. fancy. Right? I need to take you to be that fancy. Right? I, I like All that. Right. Well, Well, that's another podcast. Okay. We'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. um, build a circle of support. Like, I think any kind of friend group you have where you can, like a book club, walking group, whatever it is where you can talk to people in a similar situation to you and, and nosh this out with everybody and kibitz about it, do that as much as possible. Because I think if all you have as an outlet is your significant other or your family or your friends who are like, no, yes, you are too old, don't do that, that's what you're going to do. So hang out with people that challenge you and are in the same boat and say, no, don't, don't settle for that. We're all going to take classes at the annex. Great. Let's all do that, you know? It is about who you surround yourself with, yeah. 100%. And... I think often for myself, I've, I've, I've surrounded myself with people younger just because they, not all, but, but sometimes because they might be also in that same area of their lives potentially. Then, but, you know, my dearest friends are married with children. And so it's, it's mixing it up and keeping different groups and for different, different things you may want to do. But also I think, I, and I'm I'm making an assumption, but I think those people that you hang out with are open and supportive of you, rather than no, stay here with oh, us. Oh, of course, all, all, of, all of my friends, as of yeah. your friends, would be yeah. supportive of me regardless. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think another thing to consider if you are on the I'm too old train is, um, challenge like challenge yourself, doing a doing a little bit of who cares like wh- who says. Who says I'm too old? You know, I think just, just challenging, that goes back to self-talk too and like, like monitoring your self-talk. Anytime that comes up within, in your brain of, oh, I'm too old to do that, challenge that expletive, you know? Like, who says I'm too old? Where's that coming from? And even, even if you don't go any further than that and just get in the habit of challenging that notion, it's a step in the right direction, I think. Because it works the muscles of then taking the next step of, okay, I'm not too old. What can I do? Because most of that's in your own head. Right. You know, the people that, if you go do X thing and most of the people there are much younger, let's say, than you, most of them don't care. And you're, if you're all preoccupied with it, that's your issue. That's where you need to get some real self-talk going and some supports possibly because they're not paying attention to you. They're paying attention to each other. They don't care what you're doing. They don't care mm-hmm. you're there. It's we create that for ourselves, which li- can limit us. I think so, there's a there's a weird kind of comfort in getting older because you start to turn a little bit invisible. <laughs> 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 okay. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like you were saying to younger people, you become a a non 
entity almost. So it, it there's a little bit of freedom in that, I think, mm-hmm. to, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm all, I'm only, I'm only 45, but still when I walk down the street and I pass a, 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 a group of youngins, you know, I'm still like, oh, they're going to make fun of me. They, they, I don't even register on their <laughs> right, radar. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm not like their type. They can't like, you know, I'm not, I'm not in their circle. So they're like, I'm just part of the, the sidewalk. Yeah. So there is a little bit of comfort in that kind of, you know, I don't need to worry about what they think because they ain't thinking about me. Right. Because when you're younger, you're always worrying about what other people think. Right. And fitting in. And, all and I, it stuff. gets tiring. Yeah, I don't care anymore. Right. Who cares? And that's another thing. Like as we get older, embrace that. If you're if you're older, if you're if you consider yourself in the older bucket, like embrace that. Like it's exhausting to care what other people think. So if there's something you want to do, if you want to go learn skydiving, if you want to get your master's degree or your PhD, if you want to start a business, just do it. Who cares? If you if you have the means and the support and like it's not gonna bankrupt you and, and it's like something you wanna try, just do it. Don't care what other people think. And we both started our businesses in our 40s, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I'm, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm thriving. Yes, we're, we're thriving, moving along. We have a podcast and everything. Yeah, we, did you all know we have a podcast? Did you all know? It's called You're... Hey, Let Me Ask You Something. Yes. Welcome. And uh, <laughs> if you have a question that you would like to hear us tackle on Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, you can send it to Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, where can people find you, Kristen, if they want to Learn more about you. You can check out my profile, which would explain a lot about how I practice on psychologytoday.com. I also have a website, thephillytherapistkristen.com. And if you wanted to reach out to me directly, my email is thephillytherapistkristen at gmail.com. And Kristen is K-R-I-S-T-I-N. I I am accepting new clients, still accepting, almost full. Uh, And I offer a free phone consultation. Awesome. And if you want to learn more about me and my uh, perfect teeth, <laughs> you can find me at trueenginecoaching.com. Uh, you can read more about my backstory, a little bit about coaching and what it's about and my philosophy. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and coming soon, TikTok. Oh! It's speaking of too oh, old. Oh my God. Speaking of too old. <laughs> This is scaring the crap out of me. Is it a TikTok dance? I don't know what's going to happen. I just found it. So um, you can find me on all of those. Just search for True Engine Coaching or Coach Ralph and you will find me. I also offer free 30-minute virtual coffees to get to know me and what I do as well as free focus sessions uh, so you can get a feel for what coaching is and how it can help you. We did it again. We did it again. We got through another one. Uh, That's it. Uh, Please tune in next week for another scintillating conversation on Hey, Let Me Ask You Something. Have a great week. Thanks, everyone.